Are y'all excited about Jesus this morning? I am so excited that our young people are in the house today. So good to see all of them. They're such beautiful, beautiful. I love them so much. You already got your Saint jersey on, dude. You're ready to roll, ain't you? Come on. Go Saints, baby. It's going to be a good year? Okay, you got confidence? All right, you and Lane Nelson, we're always going to the Super Bowl, right? All right. We were going last year, and we got robbed. So, uh, so oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't bring that up fast. I forgive them, Lord. We forgive all the men in Striped Church. May their eyes be open. Praying, amen. We're praying for the blind this morning. So, blind eyes be open. Praise the Lord. So, I need to preach before I get in trouble. So, anyway. So, um, so we've been in this great little series over the last few months, talking about the culture of our house, and and uh, it's been fun preaching. And uh, uh, we've just spent the last couple of weeks on family and the importance of not just our personal families, but the family of God and how much the family of God, uh, how how important the family of God is in our life. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't think that we need the family of God in our life until we have a crisis in our life. And that's when we have a crisis in our life or we have a situation in our life or there's something comes up. Our celebration, let's not just talk about crisis, let's talk about celebrations. How many like to have parties? Come on, I enjoy parties. I enjoy birthday parties. I enjoy celebrating people's life. I enjoy those things. And that's what the family of God is, gets to do together is we get to celebrate together. And today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up this little portion. We have a couple more to go on, on our core values. But I'm going to finish up this portion really tying it in. It's really a different value, but I want to tie it back into family as well. I think, it's, I think it connects. Today we're going to be talking about how honor affirms and that we we should learn how to honor people we should learn how to honor people honor is so so lacking in our culture and 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 listen sometimes we can always talk i've said this several times over the last two months we can always talk about what's missing in our culture but let's quit talking about what's missing and let's be the people who bring it back Let's be the church that God's called us to be. Instead of saying this is bad, let's say what is good, and then let's be the church that brings back and brings the culture to center. Let's don't let the, uh, let the world determine where the church is going or where the, the, uh, the nation's going. Let the church determine the direction of our nation. The Bible says righteousness exalted the nation. Not government, righteousness exalted the nation. And so we, ha- we have authority. Michelle spoke about it today. We speak, we have authority. Uh, the enemy is afraid of our voice. Come on, somebody. Anybody here this morning? In- oh, wait a minute, I gotta stop right here. Speaking of honor, stand up, Keith. Come on, he joined the 50 Club, 50 years old. Come on, 50 Club. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Welcome to 50 Club. It's all down here from here, buddy. So the best is yet to come. All the people in denial said amen. Come on. All right. So, uh, but we have to love. We have to love. We have to share love, give love. We have to activate love. You know, you, you have to be attractional to the people around you and love people the way that you want to be loved. 
I mean, we tell our kids that. We tell kids, hey, treat people the way you want to be treated. But I'm telling moms and dads and everybody, grandparents, everybody today, we need to learn to treat people with the kind of love that God's given us. The kind of love that's God. I was telling someone a few weeks ago about loving somebody on purpose, and, and they were like, well, you know, you can't do that. And I said, well, because you're confused about what I'm talking about. You're thinking about philios love. I'm talking about agape love. Philios love kind of has uh, ebbs and flows. You know, it's some, some days, I mean, I adore my beautiful wife sitting on the front row here. We went out to dinner Friday night, and I was looking at her, and I was just thinking, man, I am the luckiest guy on earth. She looks so gorgeous, so beautiful. I love her, but there's some days that I, I, I'm, I'm angry with her. <laughs> there's some days that she strikes a nerve in me. There's some days I'm frustrated with her. But you know what? You don't stop loving out of your feelings. Right. You love the way that God says to love, and that's how you change the world around you. Can I get a better amen? Yeah. So these are the foundations. You can't say, I'm just going to honor somebody. You know, we have these days that we have set aside, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, all these days, President's Days, these days set aside, a Martin Luther King Day, and on and on and on and on. And these days just become random takeoff work days, and we don't really stop for the moment to think about giving honor. They're just another day. But every day should be those days that we honor people in our lives. I remember when I was a little kid traveling with my father, uh, when a, a military person come by you, uh, or, you know, in an airport or uh, wherever you might be. Back in those days, I was, I was a bus station. Come on, somebody. And, uh, uh, and, and there would be honor. There would be respect because a, 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 a military guy was walking through the building. People would thank him for his service and appreciate him. If we've lost this kind of honor in our society, what do y'all say about let's bring it back? Let's bring it back. Let's be the one to bring it back. So uh, we believe that honor affirms value. We often value things above people. And as Christians, we should value people above everything else. We should value people. You know why we should value people above everything else? Because that's what God values. If you've been around me very long, you'll know that I tell my staff and the people on our teams and our leaders, we're not in the church business we're in the people business. And the people are more important than the building. They're more important than the parking lot. They're more important than the decorations. They're more important than our fancy worship or our fancy preaching or anything else. We're in the people business. And why are we in the people business? Because God values people. God values people. And so because God values people, that ought to be our culture to value people and to honor people. Uh, we, we live in a culture that's dishonorable and they find negativity over greatness. Uh, but I've decided that I'm going to find greatness over negativity. And I've said a lot of times in the last few weeks, everyone is important. Everyone is important. And God has value for every single person. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them you're important to God. And say, you're important to me also. There you go. Let's read from Romans this morning out of the ESV. Let love be genuine. Behoard what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulations. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Everybody say, seek to show hospitality. That's another thing that's been lost. Seek to show hospitality. Now, some of you, some of you more mature saints can remember the days when you knew your neighbors. When you knew the people in your neighborhood and there was times that you got together and one, one old timer that used to be a part of our church, she told me one time, she said, Pastor, the problem with the world is we've forgotten how to drink lemonade. We forgot how it was to sit on the front porch to drink lemonade, know our neighbors, know what's going on in their life, uh, have a culture of honor and respect for the people around, of, uh, around us and to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Everybody said amen. amen. Bless and do not curse them. Everybody said amen. amen. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with lowly. Ne- associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own eyes. Come on, somebody. Repay no, evil, no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all if it's possible so far it depends upon you live peaceably with all everybody say live peaceably listen i want to just i'm gonna i've been attacking this for the last few weeks i'm gonna attack it again look i don't care what your political authority uh your political uh choice is whether it be democrat or or republican or independent i just wanted to remind you again god is not a republican or a Democrat, or independent. He's the father of all people. Come on, he's the father of all people. And when we get divided over things that the media and the world divides us over, we're falling prey to what the enemy does. The Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. And so we should not, hey, we, we should not fall prey to the, the, the vice of the enemy that causes us to sow discord among ourselves over political things. You can disagree. That's okay. Feel free to disagree. You can have your own opinion. Feel free to have your own opinion. But when you start hating over those things, that is not of God. Can I get a better amen? I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. Come on, somebody. And so, so we, we fall into that trap and we get all the stuff that's coming down the pipe and we start choosing sides and hating the other side. This is not of God. So let's be peaceable people and, and share the love of God. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. I'm just going to stop there. No, I want to read the next part. We need to feed the hungry. We need to clothe the naked. We need to bind up the brokenhearted. And we need to love on people like we've never loved on people before. I'm going to ask you this question this morning. Just, just a thought. Are, how many garments are hanging in your closet that you never wear? How much food do you throw in the trash can? 
I know at our house, we fill trash can. I don't know how we make so much trash at our house. I imagine when the trash people start at our house, they're like, oh, Lord, this could be the heaviest trash can on the street today. The stuff that we get, that we throw away, the stuff that we waste, the stuff that we don't realize could be valuable to someone else. Valuable to someone else. But because we, not because necessarily we think greedily, we don't think, well, I'm not going to give this away because if someone asks us to, we would. But because we don't think about other people, we don't move with compassion to do what is right when we could. Just simply because we're disconnected, not because we're evil, not because we're bad, not because we wouldn't, because this is a very generous house right here. A matter of fact, if I said today, we're going to take up another offering to take care of somebody or feed the poor, y'all would all respond. It would be amazing, and people would come. I'm talking about getting a, in a frame of mind where we're always thinking about someone else. That's a little different, right? Let me talk about vengeance for just a minute. Let the Lord be your avenger. Let him be your guard. Let him come through for you. When people do you wrong, just, I want you to listen to me this morning. When people do you wrong, you will find out if you practice this, it's so much easier to love and to forgive than it is to decide to destroy to hurt someone takes lots of effort, lots of planning, a lot of strategy, a lot of, a lot of uh, mental uh, deliberation of deceiving, destroying, or taking down. But to love should be a gift that flows out of your innermost because you're a child of God. Just forgive. Just go on. Just, just pass that on and, and, and let that gift. And then all of a sudden, you begin to bring honor not only to them, but you begin to bring honor, listen to me, to your household. Because here's the truth. If we be truthful, all of us have failed along the way to do the right thing. Now, if you've never hurt anybody, I guess you have authority to be angry. But if you've never if you've ever made a mistake and hurt someone, why don't you take it in your heart and say, Lord, I want to forgive people because there's going to come a day that somebody's going to need to forgive me. And if I have been a forgiver, if I have been one to have mercy for people, if I've wanted to have grace for people, guess what comes my way when I need it? Mercy and grace and love. So, so good. And this brings honor in people's life. Plus, it leads them to truth. Can I get a better amen on that? So when Christ died on the cross, he died for just the few select people that was good. No, no, he, saw, he died for everyone. And Romans 10 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Yahweh, will be rescued and experience a new life. Everyone that calls. So if the Lord looks at the world and says that everyone that calls on the Lord will experience a new life, what would change in our culture if we looked at people the same way? And so when we left the house of the Lord today, we're being the church. We're not just called to sit in church, but we're called to be the church. And then we left the house of the Lord today saying, Lord, light a fire in me, burn in me for all the world to see. And then I begin to see people the way that the Lord sees them. How would it change the culture in the world that we live in?
Every person is valuable and powerful. Everybody say, every person is valuable and powerful. Powerful. You know what makes us powerful? When we call upon the name of the Lord and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to be the people that God has created us to be. It's a journey. We're not there always overnight. But God is, is, is lighting up those fire inside of our life, and we're becoming all that he's called us to be, and we become the very powerful person that God created us to be. Now, here's what I've found over the years. I've found that people can experience church and experience religion, but never experience God intimately. So therefore, they always struggle, even as a Christian, in their identity of how powerful they really are. But when you experience God on a daily basis, when he becomes intimate in a relationship with you, that every day, you know, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. I'm continually talking to the Lord. I'm continually invested into the kingdom of God. I'm continually walking with the Lord. All of a sudden, I start realizing the song that we sang today, that I am who he says I am. Come on, on, I am who he says that I am. And I believe who he says that I am. And therefore, when I start saying I am who he says I am and I believe who he says I am, I begin to walk in that same authority of who he says I am. And you have authority in your life today. You are powerful people. And and we want people to, to, to reach their full potential. And so we love them and we help them and we reach... Uh, we reach out to them and we encourage them because we want people to reach their full potential of who God created them to be. We can celebrate a person for whom that uh, we can celebrate a person for who they are without stumbling over with who they're not. We can celebrate a person for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Does anybody in this place have some shortcomings you're still working on? Come on, somebody. Does anybody have a little temper problem every once in a while? Anybody in the house, a little road rage? Come on. Anybody in here get aggravated with your children? Anybody? Does any of you children get aggravated with your parents? Come on. Come on, somebody. Does anybody married today you get aggravated with your spouse? Come on. How many school teachers in here today? You get aggravated with those kids you're teaching? How about those people on work at work? Do you ever see those little things, those little flaws in their life, and you think, my God, they need to get healed quickly. If they don't get healed, I don't know what I'm going to do. Come on. Come on. Is that so true? And so we sometimes stumble over people's shortcomings, and we never get to see the value in them of who God created them to be. Let's don't get caught up in people's mishaps and not forget who God says they are. But instead of pointing out all the negative parts about, how many know what your negative things are? Come on. How many don't need your spouse to tell you? I want all you, oh boy, y'all some lying folk up in here. How many don't need your spouse to tell you what your shortcoming is? Come on, because you already know. How many don't need your kids to tell you? Come on, you know. My kids like to say, hey, Dad, you, know, you would straighten that up right there. We already know that. But what if we took our time instead of saying this is what your shortcoming is, say there's one thing I know about you that's powerful. Yeah. You have this powerful, unique gift about you that I want to point out of what God's created you to be. Yeah. 
And oftentimes, we don't do that because we are comparing people to ourselves, our strength. We'll compare people. You should be like me. Look how strong I am in this place. Well, what about how weak you are in some places? So when we, when we start honoring people, then we start pointing out their gifts and their qualities and the things that God has created them to be. Guess what? We lift them to their fullest potential of who they are. There are many members, but there's only one body. And to dishonor one is to dishonor the whole body. I always tell my pastor friends, don't talk about another preacher, especially around people that are not preachers, because what they hear is you talking about yourself. Don't, don't dishonor another church. Don't dishonor another man of God. Don't dishonor a friend. Don't go to one friend and dishonor another friend because they're already thinking, well, you dishonor me when you're not around, when I'm not around. We're all one body. We're all one body, and we need each other. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 12 out of the Passion Translation. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. And equally wrong if the hand said to the foot, I don't need you. Can you imagine me doing that? Hand says foot, I don't need you. You're no good to me. In fact, the weaker of our parts are more vital and essential the essential they are. The body parts we think that are less honorable, we we treat with greater respect and the body parts that need to be covered in public we treat with properly and clothe them but some of our body parts don't require as much attention instead God has mingled the body parts together giving greater honor to the lesser members who lack it he has done this Intentionally, so that every member would look after the other with mutual concern. And so that there are, so that there will be no division in the body. And in that way, whatever happens to the one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, then everyone rejoices. It's so important that we understand this passage of Scripture that we understand that there comes a time in our lives as the body of Christ, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, that we make ready to cover and to help one another, to encourage, to lift up, to strengthen one another and not tear down and not say to the other one, I don't need you. I don't need you. Because, you know, here's the fact. The very person you think you don't need is probably the person that you need the most. And when we discard one of those people, we're taking from the body. And we're dishonoring God. And we're dishonoring one another. But when we rejoice, when we celebrate, when we lift up, when we promote, it brings healing to the whole body. It brings healing to the whole body. So I don't want to just talk about this among our, our family today. I want to extend this just a little bit because I, I want to be very adamant about the culture of our house. 
This is why it's so important, and I mentioned this a minute ago, why it's so important when we talk about the body, we don't just think about these people that are in this room today, but we think about the church worldwide. That when our brothers and sisters are suffering in another country, we're praying for them. We're caring about them. When they're rejoicing, we're caring about them. When the church down the road, down the street, is, is, is reaping a harvest, we're rejoicing about the harvest that they're reaping. And when they lose things or things or problems fall their way, we don't rejoice over their problems because we're not competing. That's all a part of the body of Christ. We're lifting up. We're speaking life. I drive by the mission church every Sunday morning on the way to church, and I just raise my little hand up, and I say, Lord, bless them today. May they have great services and lives be changed. Every Sunday morning as I drive by the mission church, Lord, bless them. Let, their, let them have a great service and let their life be changed. We need to bless those. We need to, we need to bless other people. We need to bless uh, other leaders. We need to, we need to bless. We need to, we need to say, hey, we're going to just pray for you. And if we hear about trouble, don't rejoice in their trouble. Come on. What, say that again? That's damaged joy. Come on, girl, preach. I like that. Let me put that in real quick. That's damaged joy. Philippians 2 says this. Be free from pride-filled opinions. For they will only harm your cherished unity. Well, let me read that again. I got a good amen in the back. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide your hearts, but an authentic humility put others first and view others more important than yourself. What would happen in the world if we just did that one little thing? We started saying, hey, your life is more important than mine. I'll take the second chair. You take the first chair. Your life is more important than mine. You go in front of me. Uh, you know, I, I always love to do this when I'm in the grocery store. If I have, you know, a big old bat, which if I'm going to the grocery store, it usually is. If I got a big old basket full of groceries and I look back and somebody's got a little handful of stuff, you know, hey, listen, you've only got a few items. Can, you want to go in front of me? You, you want to go first? It's going to take two more minutes for me to wait, or even if it takes five, for you to go first. And there's been some times that I did that, and they didn't have enough money, or they didn't have the right amount, or they didn't have enough money on their card or whatever. And then I got the double bless them. I was like, hey, go, go ahead. Just keep on ringing it up because I spent so much money on my family, I won't even notice that little $30. Just keep on rolling. <laughs> Honor. Honor, honor always brings people to know Jesus. And we put other people first. Abandon your very display of selfishness. Now, I'm going to pause here for a moment. I'm picking up on some things I've already laid down, but we have a very selfish society. Listen, can I help you today? The one thing that I'm seeing that could change, let's quit being selfish people. Life is really not just about you. Life is really not just about you. And when you live with selfishness, whether you realize it or not, you hurt people. You destroy people. You tear people down. Sometimes you're tearing people down when you're not even saying anything. Just because 
You're putting yourself first. You're, you're being selfish. You're being prideful. And what's, what's the most important in the world right now is me. What's most important is me. Look, what would happen if, if we spent that energy that we spend thinking about all these things I want from me, if we spent that looking around seeing, hey, look, how can I take this and bless other people? How can I bless other people? You know, there's so many people that don't, you, we live in a world where we don't recognize there's people every day without food, there's people without a car to drive, there's people that don't have transportation. What would happen if we just said, hey, I'm going to be aware of the people in our, in, around me that doesn't have these things, and I'm not going to get in my nice little car and go to the grocery store and forget about them, or I'm not going to do this or that. What about people in your workplace? Paying attention and not being so self-centered. I mean, you got to drive today. I mean, people are selfish when they drive. Yeah, they are. Man, I mean, you got to hit the gas, honk the horn just to get in the street because people won't let you in. And I get so aggravated. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Like, I'm on the phone, you know, talking to somebody, and then the next day I know, they won't let me in. But then I catch myself doing the same thing, not letting other people in. Pause for a minute. Your life's not that busy. Your life's just not that important. You may think it is, but let me help you today. It's not. It's not that important. And when you, when you learn to give your life away, then you start taking on the very character of Jesus. He came to give his life away. He came to serve others. He came not with a selfish attitude. He didn't come saying, hey, listen, I'm the king. He said, you say who you think I am. I don't need to tell you who I am. I'm going to live out who I am, and then you'll decide who I am. Amen. I always say if a man has to tell his wife he's head of the house, he's probably not. <laughs> Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. And let his mindset become our motivation. Here's a few nuggets. Selfishness. Selfish ambition destroys relationships. Selfish ambition destroys relationships. But honor builds up people. We serve and we encourage one another. One another. We love always wins. Everybody say love always wins. Love always wins. Love always wins. When people hurt you, love always wins. When people disrespect you, love always wins. When you need love, love always wins. It always wins. It always will win. It wins every time. Love always wins. When people speak against you, love always wins. If you want to win the battle of someone coming against you, love them big. The Bible says put great coals of fire upon their head. Just keep loving them with passion. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep loving you. How many of you ever told someone that they were staring you in the face, being ugly to you, and you said, well, you can say what you want to. I'm just going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep loving you. And before over a period of time, they find out, hey, look, they really mean this. No matter how bad I come at them, they keep loving me. And love always wins. When we honor and we lift up others, they're just amen and won't take them out of church. 
When we honor and we lift up others, it's possible to honor those we disagree with. When we honor and lift up others, it's possible to love those and honor those we disagree with. Show compassion. Show compassion. And love with words and with action. I know people say words are meaningless, but I would beg to differ with you. Words are very powerful. Words that you tear down people with are very powerful. But words you lift up people with are very powerful. Tell your children you love them. Come on, I'm going to talk to dads in a minute, just a minute. Dads, you should be the one leading the way, telling your babies that you love them. They need to hear you telling mama that you love them, that you love her. You need to share with your children the love of the father. I know sometimes you want to beat their behind, and probably you should, but when you get done, <laughs> make sure you equally love them. Can you hear me this morning? My dad was a disciplinarian, and when my mother said, when your dad gets home, prayer meeting began then, because <laughs> I knew it was going to be a whipping, not a spanking, a whipping. I was going to get a what we used to say all the time, I was going to get a whooping. I was going to get a whooping. I knew that was coming. But you know what I can tell you about my dad? My dad also took his Saturdays off work, and he went and spent in the woods with me, teaching me how to hunt and teaching me how to fish and telling me he loved me. And my dad to this day always answers the phone, and he talks to me when he gets done. I want you to know, son, I love you. It matters. Well, it's getting quiet in here this morning. Love is so big. Love is so big. So we have to show compassion with not just our words, but in action. And we learn to celebrate those who win. Now, I want to talk about this for just a moment. Learning to celebrate those who win, even in places that you're lacking. When someone gets a reward that you wanted, celebrate their win. When someone gets a new car and they've been wanting a new car for a long time, celebrate that. Don't tear down or say things. Celebrate that. Celebrate people's life and your life will be celebrated. I'm going to wrap up here just a second. Scripture says, give honor where honor is due. Give honor where honor is due. The level of honor we have for a person directly affects our ability to receive from them. The level of honor we have for a person directly affects how we receive from them. If you disrespect authority, if you disrespect those around you that God's put in your life, it's very hard to receive from them. You shut off from them. Your heart gets cold. But when you honor, honor, you begin to receive. Your heart is open because you're saying, hey, I want to honor you. Look, even when they make mistakes, I want to honor you. I want to lift you up. I tell my kids this oftentimes. Look, I, I want you to know I make mistakes. It's okay. It, I, I'm, your dad makes mistakes. I'm not always right. We need to uh, learn how to apologize for our wrong. 
but honor for people to give honor to people when they're right come on somebody say amen. amen hebrews 13 says this that tells us that we should honor in marriage our marriage should be honorable matthew 19 says this honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the earth i'm gonna get over here where you kiddos are listen i'm gonna tell y'all something maybe nobody's ever told you sometimes your parents get on your nerves and maybe sometimes you don't even think they know what they're talking about. Like, they don't know. They don't know. But when you get an attitude and you don't honor your parents, even when they're wrong, guess what? You not only dishonor them, but you dishonor yourself. And the Bible says to honor your parents that your days may be long upon the earth. You want your days to be full of life and gift of God coming in your life. You want to be blessed by God. You want the, you want the, the, the blessing of God in every avenue of your life. Then honor your parents. Love them. Sometimes they have a bad day too. Do you know parents have bad days? Like you come home from school and you've had a bad day and you want mom or dad to love on you. Sometimes parents have a bad day. Sometimes we have to be aware that parents are having a bad day. We should honor them. Go fix them a cup of coffee. Go fix them a, a water. Okay, say, okay, Dad, can I fix your plate for you tonight? I want to fix your plate. Write them a little card and say thanks for all that you do. Love on them. Respect them. And that honor will go a long way such a powerful thing in our marriage with our children of course the scripture tells us dads don't provoke your children to wrath honor your kids don't provoke them to wrath sometimes I like to aggravate my kids and tease them and my wife to say you're going to provoke them and then wrath's going to come and then you're going to be upset don't provoke them to wrath love them big Love them big, and then there will be union in the family. Then First Thessalonians tells us, respect and honor those that are your leaders. Listen, I've never, I've never been a guy as a pastor to want people to bow and praise and lift me up and have my picture posted on your refrigerator. <laughs> That'd be scary. But I think when we dishonor our leaders, our pastors, our teachers, those in authority over our life, we shut off heaven's gates and authority in our life. You see, the scripture says that God put these people in your life to help you and just for you to come seek counsel with. And when you dishonor them and you disrespect your spiritual leaders you shut off heaven's purpose for your life it's so important to lift up and to honor even when you disagree now I'm one of those pastors you can look at me and say I disagree with you and you ain't gonna hurt my feelings well it might hurt my feelings but I'll get over it when we show honor to spiritual authority in our life 
And I'm going to give you a little story about this for just a second so that you can see how valuable this is. I've talked about this several times. In 2010, I went through a very deep depression. And I thought prior to 2010 that people who were depressed just didn't have a relationship with God. Boy, was I ever wrong. In 2010, I went through this deep, deep depression. And it felt like the heavens were brass and I could not hear from God. But I had spiritual authorities in my life. Bishop Tenney, T.L. Smith, my dad, others in my life. And I would, I would just do what they told me to do. Because I couldn't, I, I did, I couldn't navigate. I was walking in the dark. I was like a blind man. Just, But because I had put spiritual authority in my life, I believe that's the reason I'm here today. Because I honored those men, and I lifted them up, and I respected them. Now, they, I'll be honest with you. There were a few times I got off the phone with them, and they were telling me what to do, and I'd say, I don't know if that's right or not. I don't feel right. I don't taste right. I don't want to do that. Have you ever had those moments where you I don't want to do that? I don't want to do that. But I did it because I knew that in that moment in my life, without spiritual authority in my life, I was going to crumble. And because I kept honoring my life, God sustained me through that storm. Can I help somebody today? You need spiritual counsel and godly people in your life. And I know that's been abused, and I know it's been used, and I know people's come with church hurt, and I know it's been weird at times, and I know there's been dictators and weirdos and control freaks and all of those things. And we can say, well, I'm not having no spiritual authority in my life because I'm not risking all of that. You're risking something greater when you don't have spiritual authority in your life. I'm not talking about people to control you. I'm talking about people that speak into your life and can help you see down the road and we should give honor to those people we should give honor to those people can i get a better amen amen, amen. amen. And this is the last thing i'm saying we need to ask god to help us to see people with his eyes and to help encourage them with the truth of how he sees them If there's one thing that I've prayed for probably more than anything else in my ministry. Is that God would give me the discernment. And the eyes to see the golden people. I've prayed for that a lot. Because I know that we live in a world that's broken. And the enemy's lying, lying, and lying, and lying to people. Because that's the only tool he has, by the way. You, you know, if the enemy could destroy you, you would be destroyed. If the enemy could kill you, he would, you'd already be dead. If the enemy could do anything, if he had the power to do that, it'd already be done. He has no power to do that. The only power he has is to lie to you and get you to believe a lie. That you open up your heart to something that, not, that God has not said about you. That's the only tool he has. So, I've prayed for the gift of God in me, discernment in me, to see the gold that's in people. Now, I'm not one to go around and say, thus saith the Lord, woo, 
I see this gold in you, yea, I say unto thee. <laughs> thou shalt this, thou, and they. You don't have to be weird. <laughs> but just go around and just say, look, I see a gift in you. I, it, might, it might not be that spiritual in the, uh, in the moment. But you have authority in your life. God has given you this gift. God has placed this in your heart. And I want to refine that gold in you so that you can become everything that God has for you to be. I want to tell you today that every single person in this house and around us is valuable and powerful and God has this incredible plan for their life and one thing my dad told me over and over as I was growing up look for people's goodness call out people's greatness don't look for their negativity like there's a rainbow and a pot of gold at the end of it don't tear other people down so that you can feel more important. But look for people's gifting in their life. Look for the grace of God that he's put on their life and speak that over their life and speak that over our children until they believe it, until they know who they are, until they know who God, what God has created them to be. And they're powerful. Powerful. And as Angela speaks over these children, I see God doing amazing things in their life. And people put people in your life for purpose. I look at this couple that's married today, and I know that God put them together because they add value to each other's life. They add value to each other's life. And there's hope that's found when we give our heart to him and we speak life and not death. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we believe who he says I am. Stand with me this morning.